Over its 15-year history, ZocDoc has connected patients seeking medical care to available providers that accept their insurance through its easy-to-use online marketplace. In many ways, the platform reflects how consumers typically seek out other services, like restaurant reservations. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. It's Monday, May 8th. While the platform makes booking available appointments easy for patients, it also allows providers to fill those appointments in their schedules that were either canceled last minute by a patient or never booked. It's one solution in a sea of challenges facing the industry today. As part of a broad conversation with Dr. Oliver Karaz, the founder and CEO of ZocDoc, we talk about how the company has changed to remain competitive in a quickly evolving healthcare field that over the last few years has seen health systems struggle with their operating margins and an increase in private equity investment in the physician space. Later in our conversation, we talk more about a recent white paper the company wrote that looks at patient acquisition and the value a new patient brings to a provider in their first year. But first, Dr. Karaz told me how ZocDoc has evolved since its founding, including a change in the last few years and how it charges physicians using its platform. We started out with this uh, fundamental proposition that a patient takes nearly a month from the time they pick up the phone and dial for doctors till they actually see one, right? And that is very, very long where the doctors do have that hidden inventory of the last minute cancellations. And our basic idea was there's a win-win here. We launched uh, this in 2007, and it turns out the patient loved this uh, from the get-go. For the doctors, we initially launched with a subscription model. Um, and while that was very easy to explain, it ended up being uh, the wrong uh, business model for ZocDoc. And we needed to go uh, through a time where we could have reinvented ourselves, uh, which is now the rearview mirror. I'm very happy to say that with our new model, uh, we have seen incredible uh, influx of providers and patients alike. So ZocDoc shifted uh, from that subscription-based model to a usage-based or a performance marketing model. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about the decision to make that shift? Yes. Yeah, so we started out with a $3,000 a year subscription model. And you know, that's probably how a lot of uh, your listeners will still remember us because we talked a lot about this in the past. The problem with that model was twofold. One, need to get to a $3,000 worth of religion and believe that ZocDoc would work for you. The other part of it was that ZocDoc worked really well for some providers and less well for others. You know, there were literally providers that got 10,000 new patients from us a year and some that got 10 and everyone paid us $3,000. And that was obviously uh, not aligned with the value that our customers were, were getting. And so we had to go to the transition where we said, we leave that old model behind. Now it's free to join ZocDoc. You'd never pay anything uh, until and unless we actually deliver a new patient uh, to a provider. And then we only charge once. After that, that's the provider's uh, patient. And even if they keep using ZocDoc after that, we don't charge the provider again. I'm sure there are two camps here. The business side thinking, you know, we're only getting paid for that one patient, that one time. And then the provider side thinking, you know, this is great. This is a one-time cost for that patient. So how does this model benefit ZocDoc? Yeah, so we have seen an incredible response to that. To just give you a sense, 
uh, we've uh, sort of been out of uh, business model transition in COVID really for the first year last year. And we added last year as many providers as in the preceding 13 years combined. And and because it is now uh, this, this no-risk proposition, and it's something that uh, really from a provider's perspective has a very high ROI, very predictable ROI, and is uh, a very uh, low-cost initiative to get started. And so we've really seen very, very strong return. Now for ZocDoc, you know, we, it, it works for us as well. You know, we can now do like broad marketing. We have a nine-figure marketing budget uh, to attract the patients who come to ZocDoc in the first place. So uh, we can share the cost of this across many, many practices because yes, we only charge the provider once, uh, but we, you know, they go, the patients go and see a dentist, a mental health professional, a primary care doctor, the OBGYN, and across, uh, you know, sort of the multitude of specialties that a patient will see, it's a win for ZocDoc as well. I want to take a look at a white paper that ZocDoc recently published titled, What Should You Spend to Acquire a New Patient? And I'm sure that is on the minds of a lot of independent physicians, small practices, and probably even some larger health systems. And in that paper, there's a focus on the first year value of a new patient. So can you talk about what you measured and what you learned from this data? Yeah, it's fascinating. So in this white paper, we break down sort of by specialty, the average value of a new patient to a practice in the first year. And you can see that, you know, how much does a dentist make, a dermatologist, a orthopedic surgeon, and what have you. And it's obviously based on sort of the, the average that a practice will achieve because some patients will come in uh, once and they're one and done. Some will come in a couple of times. Some will uh, come in and ultimately need a procedure. And so we need to look at your specific patient mix and get to a blended average. And I think there's a lot of value in this benchmarking so that uh, providers of different stripes can understand where they are relative to their peers. But what I actually found most compelling as we were uh, creating this white paper is just the widespread need for this white paper, right? And how often providers are just completely flying blind on how to evaluate the ROI of their marketing and patient acquisition efforts. And yeah, you know, it kind of makes sense. Uh, they didn't go to med school to become digital marketers, right? And and so we want to help them to be more educated on, on some of the best practices on evaluating the ROI of their investments. So I'm looking at the paper now, and it says that the average patient value for a health system is more than $1,300, compared to around 538 for other medical groups. If you were to talk to the head of a smaller practice versus the head of a large health system, how would you talk to those providers about this metric? Yeah, certainly. Look, a health system uh, on average uh, makes more than an individual provider because as that patient comes in, they tend to consume more different services and the health system offers more different services. There might be some diagnostics like imaging or labs involved. There might be multiple different specialties uh, that are seen. Obviously, the hospital you know, frequently provides uh, sort of the facility for any procedures. Uh, sometimes you know, we'll have uh, the, the procedure list themselves involved uh, and, and employed. So uh, it's, very, it's, it's very intuitive, I think, that they uh, make more money uh, per patient and, and they have a different cost structure. They have more infrastructure to support. So that's uh, probably justified. What I think is really striking, though, is not so much the difference between a health system and, uh, you know, a solo practitioner, but it's uh, sort of within the enterprise segment, uh, the, the large provider groups 
for the health system and how different uh, these uh, two groups uh, behave and how different they have, uh, differently they have developed over the last uh, couple of years. The healthcare market is changing and has changed significantly since ZocDoc was first founded. What physician practices are most likely to partner with you currently in this landscape? Yeah, so it's 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 a great question because the healthcare market is fundamentally changing and it's been changing, you know, forever, but the speed of change is really tremendous right now. And what we see in our data, which is I think a reflection of the broader market, there's a significant and very rapid mix shift between the large provider groups and hospital and health systems. And to just quantify this a little bit, in 2019, the share of bookings between large provider groups and health system was split roughly 50-50, right? Year-to-date um, in 2023, that mix has shifted to 80-20 in favor of these large provider groups. And you know, given that 85% of Zocdoc bookings last year were made with commercial insurance, LPGs, large provider groups are disproportionately reaping uh, these benefits. And now I have every reason to believe that this trend will continue really to the detriment of health systems who have really no mission without a margin. I want to double click on something that you just mentioned, which is the rapid change that we're seeing in the healthcare industry, um, especially with the large provider groups, which you said comprise the majority of bookings through ZocDoc, certainly over the last few years. And we know that these uh, large provider groups are particularly attractive uh, to private equity groups or, you know, large payers. We've seen a lot of them get purchased. So what are your thoughts on this shift? And how do you see health systems in particular competing in the industry, you know, especially as they operate with razor thin or in some cases negative margins? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I just want to be very clear. We should all be rooting for the health systems to regain their footing. You know, they are a critical part of the healthcare ecosystem. But in order to do that, I think the health systems will need to change their behaviors and, and they need to do so quickly. Um, I think to be competitive, there's a lot that hospitals and health systems uh, should learn uh, quickly from these PE-backed large provider groups. Uh, and, and I think it falls into a couple of buckets. One, large provider groups are rational economic actors. They know their metrics, right? They have a solid understanding of concepts like cost of acquisition and lifetime value and it helps them to get an ROI on their marketing efforts. And lots of health systems struggle with this. You know? And in the end, they end up spending on top of funnel tactics like billboards without understanding how to really evaluate that return. And, and you know, hospitals, all providers really are fixed cost businesses. The main way to grow profits is through increasing volumes and, and the large provider groups optimize for this. While the hospitals take on you know, more incremental projects, you know, and those things are fine, but they're not going to meaningfully change their margins. And then, you know, it's, it's obviously true that all care organizations are somewhat capacity constrained right now, but the large provider groups are focused on strategies to mitigate uh, those like hiring more APPs and making them, you know, bookable on ZocDoc, for example, to open availability and, and uh, to just contrast uh, this, uh, you know, in a more uh, sort of classic way. Our team recently visited the corporate headquarter of a new large provider group client. And in the middle of their office, they had just publicly for everyone to see a whiteboard with uh, new patient acquisition targets 
under each month, right? And I've walked in a lot of hospitals and I've never seen this in a single one of them. And it's just clear uh, to the entire organization what the priorities as a result of that and with the associated metrics of success. I think that's one element here. I think there's two more. You know, one of them is like, you just find and replicate successful playbooks, fighter groups. They don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, and and uh, you know they are operationally excellent. And once they finally go to a market strategy that works, they just do it over and over and over again. Uh, and Zocdoc has become a core part of the expansion playbook uh, because the numbers just make sense. Yeah, we're in health systems. You'll frequently find some uh, uh, peculiar form of uh, semi-democracy uh, where every doc gets to make a decision uh, on their own how they want to run. And and then the last point that I would make is uh, these uh, large provider groups, they are very clear and quick decision makers. And this is really stark uh, to give you a sense of the difference. A large provider group makes a decision to join Zoctalk five times faster on average than a system, right? And that's the difference between a couple of weeks versus many months, right? And uh, large provider groups, they can be so fast because they know who the decision maker is. And uh, there's a person who owns patient acquisition and they own the strategy and the budget. So they have the autonomy uh, to make decisions. And, and often in health systems, we find there's some people who own the strategy and they don't own the budget or and they don't own execution. And, and, and then there are stakeholders coming together from marketing, digital, finance, operation, and strategy. They all own little uh, pieces of it and the puzzle uh, just doesn't uh, come together. Um, and, and so... When you have so many uh, folks involved, uh, then uh, very quickly uh, it's easy to get to a no, but very complicated uh, to get to a yes. And then, you know, uh, lastly, uh, IT and health systems is frequently uh, focused on uh, maintaining the HR. Even very low lift projects sometimes get back in in a very very low uh, roadmap. And so, we've taken you know uh, large provider organizations live. Yeah, within weeks, and we do that routinely um, because we do the majority of the heavy lifting. Health system, IT departments sometimes tell their internal stakeholders they cannot get to this for two or three years, right? I mean, at that time, uh, the large provider groups are going to take another 10 points of market share from them. And so overall, my recommendation for health system is to just deputize a small, agile tiger team to compete with the large provider groups, uh, as I think this is a strategic threat that they can no longer afford uh, to ignore. Um, now, that's uh, the wolves at the door and the health systems that fail to recognize this and, and act on it now, well, I think uh, fall even further behind. So they're, they're, uh, yeah, that's my read on, on what's going on in the market right now. That was Dr. Oliver Karaz, founder and CEO of ZocDoc. He joined me to talk more about the online provider scheduling platform and how it's evolved since its founding 15 years ago. And you can find a link to ZocDoc's white paper on patient acquisition on GIST's website. This has been GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with healthcare business and policy news, as always, in 10 minutes or less. 
In the meantime, you can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.